Stephen Kruetis on SAFM. A statement from the Competition Commission yesterday is now going to the Constitutional Court to try and overturn an earlier ruling that it did not have enough evidence to bring a case against South African and international banks accused of manipulating the RAND. The case goes back to messages on chat rooms in New York in the years up until 2013. Last month, the Competition Appeals Court said the Competition Commission did not have enough evidence to bring a case said some of the information the Commission had relied on was simply wrong. For example, it mixed up which banks certain traders in New York had worked for. And the National Treasuries also said that what happened up until 2013 has had absolutely no impact on the value of the RAND now. We did ask the Competition Commission for an interview. We told no one's available uh, for the moment. Rob Rose is the editor at the Financial Mail magazine. Rob, good morning. Thanks for your time. Uh, Rob, we can hardly hear you. I don't know if you're there. Yes, I can hear you fine. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, that's a lot better. Thank you. There are many actors okay. here. There's a large number of banks involved. But in this case, against the banks involved in this particular legal action, does the Competition Commission have a strong case at the Constitutional Court? I mean, certainly not. Um, I would say that to some extent this is a face-saving measure. They felt that um, their argument is pretty much that um, that the Competition Appeal Court erred and that there has to be jurisdiction over these banks. We can't sanction cartel behavior. But, you know, the issue that the Competition Appeal Court decided on um, in that in that ruling, that 79-page ruling, was that there isn't just, there just isn't enough evidence to link certain banks to the activity. For example, I mean, they didn't identify any of the traders at first round who supposedly did this. So they just claimed this single overarching conspiracy and failed to actually draw the linkages between the actual evidence and the traders who supposedly did it. I mean, there were there were cases. This all came from prosecutions in the United States, and there's supposed to be a link between that and this. I mean, surely there must be evidence on the record there that the commission could rely on somehow. Oh yes, and the fact is that the the competition appeal court didn't wipe out the case against all the banks. It left the case standing against against a couple of them. Um, it's only on the more remote side of the of the argument where the the competition. Uh, the Competition Commission tried to draw in a whole lot of other banks for which the evidence is more tenuous. So there's certainly, like you say, there's evidence that J.P. Morgan's traders were involved in fixing currencies, and same with Barclays, um, and those banks remain in the actual in the actual case. And in the case of Absa Bank, it reached a corporate leniency agreement, which is essentially a plea bargain with the Commission. So it's not as if the case won't stick against some of the banks. But the problem that the Competition co- Commission had is that of the 28 banks that initially charged, the, the appeal court wiped out the case against most of them. So it's not as if everyone's getting away scot-free, but the appeal court just essentially narrowed it down to the ones where the evidence is the best. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of sort of intriguing stuff going on here. I mean, you would think then if there was evidence that it would be obvious that you would go for certain banks. Why, do, why were all of the banks included in this then? Well, because they needed to make a case to bring it of a single overarching conspiracy to widen the net, um, and that's been the problem. So they decided to just make a sense. I mean, it does reek to some extent of politics that they wanted to get every single bank involved, and I think that that's where the problem came in, um, as opposed to sticking to the ones where the evidence is, is the tightest. Um, but to claim the single overarching conspiracy, you have to then argue that all the banks were involved in doing this, which is what they did, and that's been the problem for, for the commission. Um, there's a lot of political heat on all of this, and we see comments by government ministers on this last year. We're going into an election. Uh, do you expect more in, more sort of comments on this in the near future? I mean, uh, quite a few people, uh, you know, will believe that the banks are partially responsible for where we are at the moment. And for any politician, I mean, very few people like banks. So for politicians 
it's a useful target. And the banks, of course, have not covered themselves in glory at all. No, absolutely, that's correct. I mean, the banks certainly had a case to answer, um, which is why it was almost frustrating for the appeal court, the competition appeal court, that the competition commission had blundered this so badly by overreaching and trying to include too many. But you're right. I mean, the politics around it is is immense, and you've seen the ANC talking about about this particular case. But it's clear that the ANC doesn't really understand what happened. They basically talked about how trillions were wiped out from the market in one day, um, which is clearly just a fantasy number. Uh, the fact is that these actual trades that were rigged took place on the margin. It was a few points in a specific case that led to a banker's bonus being increased, as opposed to affecting the value of the RAND over the longer term. And that's another weakness of the competition commission's um, cases, that they argued that there was a long-term and detrimental impact on South Africa's RAND. And that's going to be incredibly difficult to prove because there's no evidence to that effect. And the banks have pretty much argued the exact opposite. Um, If the competition commission loses at the constitutional court, it's going to be a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Absolutely. So they have, you know, they've laying down the the stakes here and they are taking a big gamble. But I suppose to some extent they were excoriated so badly in the appeal court ruling that they felt that there was little, little to lose. Um, The problem is that I don't think that the case has particularly strengthened much since then. So it is likely to be another loss at the competition at the constitutional court, which won't look great for them. And then in the meantime, from what the National Treasury says and others say, there's really no impact on the value of the RAND now as a result of what happened then. Yes. And and the Competition Commission argues that there was. So I think in terms of proving that particular part of the evidence, it'll be immensely difficult. Um, The evidence provided by some of the banks was it led to a tiny, tiny, you know, decimal change on a specific day which allowed a banker to then say this trade is quite successful and hence I should get a bigger bonus. But it certainly didn't affect the longer term trajectory of the rand and the dollar. That responds to things like the wider economy. It responds to our unemployment rates, the fact that our GDP growth is kind of low. Um, Those are the things that determine the longer term value of the rand. So to make a case that that this affected the rand over the longer term is, is just, that'll never stick. Rob Rose, thank you very much indeed. Editor at Financial Mail, really appreciate the time.